Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. He is known as the Entrepreneurial Evangelist. He helps passion entrepreneurs build the foundations and frameworks they need to make a massive impact on the world. And he's also the host of the Spear and Clover podcast. And he's also coached and consulted with hundreds of entrepreneurs for the past four years. And he is also a U.S. Army veteran. So let's welcome Jason Skisik. How are you doing today, Jason? Victor, I'm doing unbelievable, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so excited to be here. And uh, I appreciate you in the audience. Well, thank you for being on the show. It's uh, a pleasure having you on. So Jason, I'd like to get started by asking you to uh, tell us about your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? You know, there's two ways I could answer that. And the first would be, I didn't know I was an entrepreneur, but when I look back, Victor, I've always been an entrepreneur. Uh, when I was a kid, I always tried to take the things that I was super passionate about doing and make it either a career or a way to make money. So I loved snowboarding. I worked at the snowboard hill. I loved cars. I worked at the shop. I loved, wanted to have nice clothes. I worked at the mall, but I didn't know I was an entrepreneur until after I got out of the military and even had some time working as a commercial banker uh, here in Chicago, what I found was um, I was drawn to, I could see the world as it could be and, and couldn't help but take action. And so um, for me, that meant whenever there's been an opportunity to step up and take responsibility for something, especially since my military service, I'm the person who is happy to do that. In fact, I enjoy it. So uh, becoming an entrepreneur was sort of a result of me just following my attention. I always say I'm a, a shepherd of my own attention span. Oh, awesome. So that's really good. So, so basically, you didn't realize it growing up, but all the things you did growing up, uh, snowboarding, working in shops, working at the mall, um, you always found a way to uh, make an entrepreneurial. And, and you didn't realize that even you know after you got out of the military, you're always the kind of person who stepped up and took responsibility, always did that extra stuff, which is what entrepreneurs do. They yeah. see how they can step up, help people up, serve them, and give them value. So um, so when um so when do you when did you first when did you first start your own real business, you know, on your own? You know, you did it as a kid, but you know, as an adult, was it you know, after you got out of the army, was it, you know, after you did commercial banking, when did you first did your first, you know, major business as an adult? Yeah. So the best decision I ever made, and it was not an entrepreneurial one, was to go to the military. But I only needed four years, Victor, not four years in one day, not four years and one hour. Uh, when I got out of the military, I had learned this thing that I didn't have before, and that was discipline, right? I call that military mindset. Um, I did the things that I said I was going to do, um, and I would show up when I needed to show up and make sure things got done. And now that mixed with my what I was born with, which I call spirit of the puppy, uh, I now had the tools I would need to start and build businesses. And so I did two things when I got out of the military. Number one, I went to school for finance, thinking I was going to take over the world uh, of industry through through banking. Uh, and two, uh, me and two other veterans started a CrossFit gym on the fourth floor of a dusty wood warehouse in Chicago. Um, and what I found very quickly, Victor, was I was working on $20 million deals, $10 million deals, $50 million deals. And all I could think about was my little $9,000 a month CrossFit gym. And so because of that, 
through a circuitous path, I realized that ultimately I needed to be in charge of my own thing and, and really start to build my own business. And, and, uh, it's one of those things where you could, you couldn't pay me to work 40 hours a week at this point. Uh, but you can't stop me from working a hundred hours a week if that's what the demand is for my own business. No, definitely some good stuff there. And, you know, I, I've spoken to other people who were in the military. They said it definitely changed their lives. Like you said, it taught you discipline, taught you responsibility. You always showed up. It taught them consistency. I think one of the major reasons why many entrepreneurs fail is they lack discipline, they lack consistency, they only show up some of the time. And if mm -hmm. you only show up some of the time, it really hurts your business. And uh, I, I like to use this example I learned a while ago. If you double a penny every single day for 30 days, you will have over $5 million. If you double it every other day, you will have $163.84. So that is what lack of consistency will cost you. So I'm sure, you know, from those four years you spent in the military, definitely taught you the discipline and consistency and it served you in all your different ventures. Like you went to finance school afterwards and you were making these uh, multi-million dollar years, but you and a couple of military friends, your veteran friends, you guys opened up a CrossFit gym and you realize, wow, the, you know, after all you realize, like this is where your heart lay in. And you realize that um, and you, you said something very interesting because it's so true about entrepreneurs. We will never work 40 hour weeks, but we will work 100 hours just so we don't have to work 40 hour weeks. And unless you're an entrepreneur, it's hard to understand that. But like we get so into what we want to do. Like we don't feel like very often we don't feel like it's a job. It's something we love doing. It's something we're passionate mm -hmm. about. So that's something uh, really, you know, really amazing. So, you know, what are something real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to just to address something you said about the consistency. I love that penny thing. That's an interesting thought. I'm going to take that from you. But one thing it reminded me of is entrepreneurs are one thing first. They're humans and humans are fallible. And so the people that I serve and the people that, that I've been and have figured out how to not be is those people who try to keep every all that magic between their ears, because inevitably you may not have the same performance every single day. But what doesn't fail, Victor, is a proven system that exists outside of between your ears. And I think all too often entrepreneurs start businesses from passion and then they get stuck in prison because they never take the time to take that magic from between their ears and scale it out into science no absolutely and um, you know scale it out use proven systems like you said we're human beings are fallible. we're going to make a lot of mistakes systems systems don't fail if you have a properly set up system you utilize it and it's going to also save you a lot of time and hassle so and and you learn about scalability you know trying to you, you add people to your organization, you have people working for you. Because I, I mean, the biggest mistake I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, realize is it would make is when they get started, they try to do everything by themselves. Now, in the beginning, you may need to because of financial issues, yeah. but after a while, you need to get help. You, get, you need to get assistance, VAs, or whatever. Because if not, you're never going to be able to grow. You're going to be focused on doing so many things that don't help you increase your bottom line whereas after all you grow then you can give it to other people you can have computers to work on it and you can focus on the things you're the best at and once you can yeah. do that it makes all the a great difference so you want to talk a little bit about how you know because uh, you deal with a lot of entrepreneurs so what you well, obviously that's one of the issues you have that they have when they come to the, they have these problems what are some of the other problems they have when you're we're helping them you know helping them with their business that that's stopping them from becoming successful so all of the problems that I typically help people solve sound different and ultimately work back to almost the same exact root problem. And so one, I can't find employees that uh, are committed to what we're doing or they quit or they don't want to take the job or I don't pay them enough or they're not showing up or whatever. 
too. Uh, it's difficult for me to find clients. I don't know how exactly to message for the people that I want to serve. Uh, three, I have a difficult time breaking through some barrier and different industries have different barriers. Obviously software is more scalable than uh, CrossFit gym or something. Um, and, and on and on and on these questions though, all boil down to who the entrepreneur is and what the foundations of this organization are. Uh, so the example I like to use is, you know, I'm a Chicago bears fan. I've been a bears fan for 30 years and every year we're one hire of a coach away. We're one drafted player away. We're one playbook away. These are tactics, Victor. These are not the things that make dynasties dynasties like the Patriots or the, the Steelers or the, the green Bay Packers. They have had the same two coaches for 50 years. They've had the same two quarterbacks for 20 years. And they've had, it doesn't matter what plays they're calling. They're a contender every single year. And it's not the people that are on the field that make it that it's the foundations that that organization are built on and the frameworks they use, you know, new England takes somebody like Randy Moss or Chad Ochocinco. That's a problem everywhere else. And they're able to integrate that person into the team. So everybody's rowing in the same boat hard as they can in the same direction. And so that's what I help people to understand is that ultimately I could help you to answer these problems that exist out at the extremity, but really typically those problems begin at the core, which is those foundations I talked about. No, absolutely. The foundations, the blueprints, it, it, it's where everything starts. And if you don't have the proper foundation and nothing's going to work, and it's like, it's like if you try to build a house on a shaky foundation, no matter how well you do everything else, it's 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 gonna it's gonna fall apart when the first storm comes. So same thing with your business. If it's uh, found on a shaky foundation, you don't have the proper blueprints. You're gonna have a lot of massive problems. And I like you know you mentioned the Patriots and the and the other organization. They have the power foundation, like you said. They can include a guy like Randy Moss, who's a head case in most other places, but he fits in perfectly. And once you have that power foundation, people are gonna fit into it. If not, you know, guess what? They they will just get rid of Randy Moss if he does he doesn't want to fit in. I that, that, I remember a story of um, John Wynn when he was in UCLA and they won like I think 10 championships in 11 years and he had Bill Walton who had replaced Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a starting center and he yeah. is a guy who was incredible so you know he had the strict policy you know he says you have to you know shave and cut your hair and and Bill Walton says I'm a hippie I'm not going to do that and then he says well it was nice knowing you Bill if you ever change your mind now you're welcome back to me but until then goodbye and then next day he showed up shaved and uh with a haircut oh so- <laughs> I love that yeah, yeah and college and- college coaches have it even worse because they're they're cycling through players every single year and every four years it's a totally different team and so i think you're, you're really hitting the nail on the head there and I, I think he's definitely somebody to look up to i've been meaning to read his book oh yeah he's de- yeah, definitely uh john has some great so his, his stuff on leadership is incredible and mm-hmm. um actually you know speaking of, since we're talking about john wooden um and we're talking about leadership you want to talk a little bit about um, yeah, you mentioned the foundation. What are some of the other things like people who are running an organization, maybe a small business? Uh, what kind of leadership skills do they need to have to have, you know, to get good clients, you know, as well as to, you know, to inspire their employees to motivate them to do good stuff? Because obviously yeah. everyone follows the leader. So they they follow the example that the leader sets. Yeah, I think there's there's I recently put a reel out that there's three ways to ruin uh, any employee. I don't care how good they are to start. You can ruin any employee by number one, hiring a person who does not match your core values, who is just not aligned with the mission that you're setting out to do. Um, 
Number two is hiring a good person and then not training them effectively to where there's no uncertainty. You need to provide them with absolutely zero uncertainty as to what they can be doing right now to help the team get to the Hall of Fame or win the championship, right? Uh, and then number three is to ask your team to go down a path and do things that you yourself would never do. It's not to say you have to always do those things all the time, but they should be. it should be a plan of attack that you believe in and would tread. Um, and so those three things to me are huge. Uh, it all boils down to two words though, Victor, clarity and context. I want to give them clarity. So there's no uncertainty as to what the mission is and how we're going to go about achieving it and context. I want them to understand exactly what rocket ship they are the fuel for. And then I want to put fuel in their rocket ship so they can feel growth along that path. I like that uh, clarity and context. I think it just, just really simplifies everything. And, um, so, you know, you talked about core values. So um, how do you, how does that, you know, someone who's an entrepreneur starting up their own business, how do they develop their own true core values as an entrepreneur? Great question. So first I'll tell you how most people do it. I get on a phone call. It's one of the first things I ever ask. I say, do you have a mission? Do you have core values? And every single person with 99 out of hundred people will say, yes, I do. With the day we filed for our LLC, we wrote them on a piece of paper and we stuck them in a drawer and I've never looked at them again. Do you use them in meetings? No. Do your teammates know them? No. Are they up on the wall? No. Is it how you make decisions? No. And so what I would say, Victor, is usually they Google McDonald's or they Google Intel or they Google Apple and they use the ones that they think that they like, but your core values are an organic part of you. They are the ember that burns inside of you that make you who you are and your organization what it is. You don't get to change them. The only thing we can do is try to reveal what they are. But once we do the work to reveal what they are, now we have this puzzle piece that we can hold up to the world. And so when I when you think about your core values, I like to start with, okay, let me just write down a list of words and phrases that are that I am, that I show up as, that got me to the dance. Right. And then once I've done that and exhausted that, I'll have my wife do it or my partner or somebody that knows me really well and kind of flesh it out in a three-dimensional way. And then next, what I'll do is I'll think about the person that I've worked with, whether an employee or a client that I loved working with and everything just felt easy. And then I'll do the opposite. I'll think about the employee or the customer that I've worked with where just, it didn't matter how much I liked them. It was like every, every, every up was down, heads were budding, down was up, you know, left was right. Da, 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 you get the idea. And what you start to see is themes. And so we start to identify like, what are the things that make me, me? And what are the things that are how I perform my work? And what are the things that are how I communicate with other people? And what are the things that are what motivate me to get up out of bed every single day? And you start to see how these things turn into sort of buckets. And then you start to come up with the connective tissue that creates core values. And so to demonstrate that, um, I have two. So my Spear and Clover podcast and business is years after I had this tattoo and had this story. And so what it represents is military mindset. That's discipline, hard work, showing up, taking responsibility, never letting the team down, never leaving anybody behind mixed with the spirit of the puppy is what I call it. And what that is, it's like friendly, high energy, loves to try new things, enjoying life now, making time for family, making time for myself and my social life. Um, and those two things together equal the type of person that I typically get along with best. Does that make sense? 
No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I like and I like that the Spear and Clover podcast, the military mindset. You know, discipline, doing all kinds of things, yeah. taking, working with the team in the spirit of the puppy. You know, wants to learn new things, friendly, outgoing. So I, I I like that combination. And I like what you said before about you know the core values. That a lot of times people you know they they, they might write it down, put it in the desk, but they might copy it from other organizations like yeah. Apple Lab. But what they don't realize, it's not you. It's someone else. So yeah, it's 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 nice to get inspiration from other people. But at the end, you have to be yourself. And if you're just taking what other people have, you're not going to be in tune with those values because it's very very often some of those values are going to be your own core values, and you're not going to find yourself. You're not going to be motivated. You're not going to take action. And after a while, just not going to have good results. So you have to find the things that 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 really you know relate to you so find those things and have them work and you know the questions you ask i think are very very important because i don't think a lot of people do that enough i mean you brought up apple apple does it with employees and they get so gung-ho they have so much into the mission with, with all you know all the core guys and and and, and they and when you go into an apple so you have some problem with your your laptop there or your iphone they're 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 gung-ho on to it because they're so in tune with the core guys in the company so and they, yeah. they you know because they 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 agree that when the employees they only find the employees that want those values and those that they that don't have those core values, they don't hire. So so I think that's very important core values. I don't think people spend enough time uh, thinking about those things. So uh, you're talking about your Spear and Clover podcast. Could you talk a little bit more about it because that's something that's very important to you. And I think you know the, I think the audience would love to hear more about it. So I made two exits. I sold two businesses in two years between 2020 and 2021. Um, and I had just recently had a baby. Shout out to Lucy. She's about 18 months old now. Um, and I decided after that second exit, it was last November, that I was going to take a year off. I was going to take a mini retirement. I called it a year of service. And so I wanted to do really three things during that, four, four things during that year of service. Number one, I always wanted to start a podcast. And so I started a podcast for free, no partners, no clients, no uh, constituents or employees. It was just me and the team that helps me to um, you know edit the show. Uh, number two, I wanted to spend time with my wife and daughter, which I did quite a bit every single day. And number three, I wanted to uh, do jujitsu and kickboxing as much as I possibly could. So I was doing that four or five days a week, almost every single week. Um, and I think that is it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so the podcast has been a labor of love. It's something that I grew up. I've been born to be a podcaster. Uh, when I, when most people were listening to music, when I was a kid, I was riding on a bus listening to talk radio. I was listening to like Rush Limbaugh and sports talk radio because my bus driver liked that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I would go home in middle school and high school and I would listen to Love Line, which really was the original podcast if you think about it. Uh, and I was listening to Art Bell overnight, which was like about aliens. And that's the original Joe Rogan, right? Uh, and then when I went into the military, I don't like reading physical books. So I'm listening to audiobooks every single night while I sleep. Uh, and even to this day, um, I've had a full day today. I've had four podcast interviews, and I think I've listened to about three hours of podcasts between just waking up and in between sessions. Uh, I'm just somebody who loves the art form. Um, and so when I had the opportunity to interview folks like you, um, and, and it just felt like a backstage pass to like the coolest conversation in town. Um, and so I've been able to do that. I've been blessed to have unbelievable guests, increasingly so. Um, and at its best, I highlight folks that have not only been successful, but are living a life to the fullest that I think they're proud of and that they enjoy and that is enriching and giving back to others. And so, um, you know, as this platform and, and, and notoriety builds, you know, the, the plan will be to increase on that and find more and more people who are out there living, you know, some version of what I would call like a spear and clover lifestyle. Well, that's very beautiful. Thanks for sharing, and uh, congratulations Thanks. on your baby daughter. And uh, so yeah, great, 
That was great. You got to spend a whole year spending a lot of time with your wife and your baby daughter. That's wonderful. And um, and you and even though it was like it was kind of like a sabbatical for you, but you got this podcast started, and um, you got to spend a lot of time, you know, with your loved ones. You got into you know working on martial arts, uh, but you also talked you you know, you talked about how you you know growing up you were listening to talk radio, sports, and all that stuff. And you, and you like the Art Bell and the others and Rush Limbaugh. And you told me yeah. it was kind of like a lot of those guys it, it set you off for you know listening to podcasts. And you know what? Um, and I ne- I never thought of it that way, but you're you're absolutely right. And but yeah. even today, when you were just talking about you're listening to audiobooks, you're listening to people, you listen to podcasts all the time. You're still working on developing yourself and making yourself as 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 good as you can because I think you've come to realize the importance of personal development and mindset and continuing mm-hmm. to become successful. So you might talking about how much that has impacted you because I don't think enough entrepreneurs realize the importance of personal development mindset and just working on feeding your mind day in and day out. Cause obviously you do that on a consistent basis. So you might talk about that a little yeah, bit more. I would love to. So my life changed the day that I became an entrepreneur, but the day that I became an entrepreneur was seven years into me owning a business. It was the day that my two partners came to me and they had talked on the side and they were like, Hey man, this isn't really a business. We're not making any money. We're actually spending money some months to keep this thing open. uh, And we want to shut it down. And I went home that night and I thought about it at night. And I just couldn't imagine waking up in a world that that community and that culture and that, that uh, business didn't exist. And so what I decided on that morning, the next day was that I was going to buy out my partners with money that I didn't have. And I was going to invest in a program that was going to teach me how to make a capital B business out of this organization. And I did, I was making $9,000 a month of revenue, which was maybe break even. And I committed to a $12,000 coaching program that I paid off in 10 weeks at a thousand dollars a week. And I paid it off from profit. And so we 10 X that business in 18 months. We went from $9,000 a month to $90,000 a month in 18 months. And we did it through being in what Scott Ferguson calls a friend of mine, Scott Ferguson calls it the plus equals minus system. So what that is, is plus having a mentor, somebody who's been where you want to go equal is having a, a mastermind, some peers that you can work with and kind of solve problems together and kind of go through this journey of entrepreneurship together. And then minus reaching down to folks who want to be where you are and mentoring them and helping them. And I've, I've invested conservatively $250,000 over the last five years in personal development. I'm a member of a podcasting membership, uh, a podcasting coaching and mastermind. Now I'm a member of a uh, program that helps you with mindset and and language and breathing. Uh, And I'm also a member of just kind of a, like a sales and and networking entrepreneur group. And so at any, and I, and I run my own mastermind and, and course. And so I'm just could not possibly, Oh, and I have a small group that I'm, it's five high level gym owners that we've been meeting for the last two years. And and we're like brothers now. Um, And so there's just no, uh, there's no way that I could overstate the amount of uh, impact that personal development, that mentorship, that fellowship with peers, and that menteeship, helping uh, or mentoring others, um, has impacted me as a human being and as as a leader. Oh, that's some really good stuff there. So I hope people are paying attention because number one, you know, after those seven years, you decided to buy your partners with money you didn't have. You were making nine. Nine thousand, and you were paying for a twelve thousand dollar course, which you paid off one thousand dollars a month. So you mentioned you paid it off, but because you got into that course, that was a week, event- not a month. I'm sorry, I sorry, had to come month. up with a thousand dollar a week. Yeah, a thousand. I'm sorry, a thousand dollars, which is even more. But you were you yeah. were able to find a way, 
And as a result of that, you found a way to do it, you paid it off. And then as a result, you went from 9K to 90K in 18 months. So that shows that when you invest in yourself, and I think a lot of times, lots of people are afraid to invest in themselves because I think you need to look at yourself as a stock. You invest in a stock because you think it's good. If you don't invest, it's because you don't think it's good. And you got to see yourself the same way. If you don't invest in yourself, it's subconscious. I think very often you don't think you're worth investing. And when you see yourself as worth investing in, you put in the time, the effort, the money, and you can have great results like you did. And because of that personal development, and you you say you spent over 250000 on it. And I love that plus equals minus system. You know, the plus with the mentorship. And getting a mentor, I think, is so huge, especially if you're an entrepreneur. I mean, uh, they're, entrepreneurs are one of the rare people. Some of them think they can figure it out, do this all on their own and succeed. It's not going to happen. It's going to take you many, 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 many years without a mentor. So everywhere else, everyone has a coach or a mentor, or, you know, guiding them. Look at sports. The greatest athletes all have coaches and trainers because they can see these little things that can make them better. So, yes, and, mm -hmm. you know, you go in any door, get yourself a mentor and, and the power of the mastermind, you know, Napoleon talks about it, thinking we're rich. I mean, you, you're there with like-minded people and there's there's a great synergy when you're in a mastermind that where you just, you know, have it by yourself. It's like, it's not just five or six people, just that there's a great synergy. There's incredible, the stuff that comes out and everyone's helping each other out. Masterminds are definitely very powerful. And then you're offering mentorship to other people who come to you because you're giving back to the community. You're helping a lot of people out. So, I mean, it's incredible when you've, I, I think you need to get rid of the scarcity mindset. I think that stops a lot of people and develop an abundance mindset. Realize there's enough of you out there and then there's enough of you to share. A lot of people sometimes are afraid to share their wisdom with other people because they're afraid like, uh, if I give it away for free in the beginning, maybe no one will want to do business with me. But that's the wrong attitude I have. And maybe you can talk a little bit more about it because um, well, from, what I, from my own experience from talking to so many other people is that the more that they share, the more it comes back and the more money that it makes. You might talk a little bit about the scarcity and the abundance mindsets. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, uh, there's, there's any number of ways that we could look at this, but I can tell you one of my closest entrepreneur friends for years was my local competitor, CrossFit gym owner. He was right down the street. We definitely were competing for, for members. But the thing that I realized early was I wasn't competing with him in the fitness space. I was competing with the couch and, and now as a podcaster and a, and a coach where I meet virtually with people, there's untold millions of people that may or may not be ideal clients for me. But if we're competitors, like let's say Victor, you and I, and I don't know if this is true, but let's say you and I offer a similar program. Well, me and you are different guys. And so the people that are going to be attracted to us are going to get help from one or the other of us in different ways. And so for me, uh, I just believe that a rising tide, you know, raises all ships. Um, and I believe in the power of abundance. I mean, you know, you think about even financially, I can only cut costs so much before I ruin my business and I lose my ability to grow and thrive. Whereas if I put things out into the world, if I give things away to demonstrate, I have the most powerful thing in the world, Victor, and I think you do too. And a lot of my favorite people do. And that is, I am who I say I am. And when you are who you say you are, it's free to give it away because I don't have to try to be this person. And so for me, if you want to talk for you know, 15, 20 minutes about your business, I will give that to you because if you tune in to what Jason Skisik has to say, there's nowhere else that you can get it, man, because I'm not anybody else. I'm me and I know you're you. And so why on earth would I try to be a better Victor than Victor? Does that make sense? 
Absolutely, Jason. I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. They try to be someone else. They feel they got to act a certain way and it wears them down. When you you are yourself, number one, people are going to be attracted to who you are and the right people will be attracted to who you are. If you try to be someone else, you're going to attract the wrong people and you're going to have a lot of problems. I agree. Yeah. Jason, just be yourself. You're going to be happy because you don't have to act a certain way. You just be yourself. It's freeing and you're going to attract the right people, the people that are meant to be there yeah. with you. So there's definitely some really good stuff. So one uh, one additional question I'd like to ask is about, um, because we're talking about you know personal development mindset and that fits in with, with like helping people achieve big, hairy goals. Now, big goals scare a lot of people. They say, you know, they're, they, 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 they want to focus on tiny goals. And, and I think it was Michael Andrew first said, the problem is not that uh, you set big goals and don't get it. The problem is you set little goals and you achieve them. If you focus on the little stuff, you never get anywhere. So how do people get over the fear of trying to achieve big goals? Because from my experience, when I've tried bigger goals, even if I don't necessarily reach them, I find that I, I accomplish a hell of a lot more than when I set mm-hmm. small goals. So you might talk a little bit about that. Yeah, your your mentality there. My friend Dave um, uh, Dave Galbensky calls that the corridor of opportunity. So he says you see a door at the end of the hallway. You want to work your way towards getting to that goal. And he, he's like, once you're down the hall, you may turn right, you may turn left, but you're down the hall, right? And I, I think he would say it better than me. For me personally, I think where people fall short, and I'm guilty of this, I'll, I'll candidly uh, be a little vulnerable here. I Before I brought my clients through my first cohort, I set my goal for a year and I said, well, what's my goal? How many of these do I want to sell? I think I could sell 10 a month and I think I could sell 120 in a year. But the previous month I had sold zero, Victor. And so I was like, okay, so let's see what that looks like. So I go out and I sell four in the first month, hypothetically. Well, that's the best month I've ever had. And I'm six behind my goal. Holy crap. So now next month I got to go out and sell 16. Well, now I go out and I sell six. This is a new record. I've done the best I ever had and I lost again. And then I go out and now I'm what? Uh, 10, I'm 20 behind. So I got to sell 20 in the third month and I sell 10. I now have hit that first goal but now I'm still 10 behind. And what is a person who sits on a pile of losses? Even if they're little, they're a loser, Victor. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what I, what I said instead is, okay, what is the goal that I know that I can hit where I can make sure that not just for me, because I'm a visionary entrepreneur. So it's easy for me to overcome setbacks, but if you have a team, they're not always so resilient. And so if you set a goal for a team, even a little one, and they start to fail them incrementally over time, what do they feel like? They feel like failures. We want our people to feel like winners. We want them to feel bulletproof. And so if you know unequivocally, so my initial goal just for the record was 120. My goal for next year is 52. I want to sell one client a week because I know that I can, because I know that there's actions that I can take and the thing that I offer to enough people that I can definitely hit a goal of one per week. And by the way, if I do that, I'll make more money than I did in the previous few years. And so it's one of those things where just by setting my goals to be a winner, myself and my team feels bulletproof and we can go out and now we can blow that away. Maybe we fit sell 52 in six months. That'd be great. Maybe we don't, but I can tell you this, we will end the year sitting on a pile of wins. Uh, and, and that's true. Sending a, sending a more realistic goal definitely helps. Like you said, if you, you know, you, you want your team to avoid feeling like they're losers because they keep constantly keep falling short. And, um, 
And I think one that's one thing that um, I think a good leader will do is like when they do have a, uh, you know, they get a sale, they, you know, they, they get these wins, celebrate the wins. Because I think a lot of people too often focus on the things they don't achieve instead of the things that they achieve. And they're achieving yeah. and they're doing better. Like I think too often people just, just uh, number one, they, they make the mistake of trying to compete with everyone else. And that gets you yeah. into trouble. If I, if, try to, if I try to compete with Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, I'm going to lose. You know, it's, but if I compete in with the myself, short term, right? Yeah. 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 The short term. Yeah. yeah. But if I compete with myself saying, am, am I doing better than I did last week or last month? And, you know, am I doing more business? Am I making more sales? Am I bringing more clients? Am I bringing more leads than I did a month ago or three months ago? And I should celebrate. So I think that's one good thing that people should do with their teams is, you know, make sure that they're focusing on the wins as well, because too often, you know, you can always improve, but too often we focus on what we don't do, and that gets into a lot of trouble. I think you want to say something. And I want to I want to jump off on that a little bit because one other thing that I talk to people about all the time is people say, "I want to make uh, ten million dollars next year." And okay, great. Well, what does that mean? Have you re have you reverse engineered that to the actions that you need to take? And so, for a lot of people, I think goals that are based on actions that you can control—habits, behaviors, projects, accomplishments—those things are much more valuable than saying, "I want to make ten million dollars." Because I want to make $10 million. Well, how do we get there? I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. I asked him his goals. They were all suspiciously round numbers. It was like, I want to have a thousand dollars of this. And I want to have the ability to work 10 hours a week. And I want to have this. And I want to have that. And it was this whole picture that was great. And I, that's not to disparage him. He didn't think it through, but then I said, okay, well, what did you base those on? And he was like, I just pulled them out of the sky. Okay. Well, what about the things that you're doing today and what you can do tomorrow will actually add up to that. That's why I love Kobe Bryant, right? Kobe Bryant took a thousand free throws after he won the game to make sure that he couldn't miss. And so the thing that he set his goal on was I'm going to take those thousand free throws. It wasn't, I'm going to make every free throw. It was, I'm going to make it so I can't miss free throws. Do you see what I mean? And I think to me, that's just such a more powerful idea. And by the way, it's harder. It's harder to hold yourself accountable to actions you must take than it is to wish that you will miraculously win the lottery in the next year. Yeah. No, I like that though. Goals based on the actions that you say, because that's something you can't control. Like you right. can't control how many people are going to say yes to you, you know, if you're trying to sell something, but you can control how many people you talk to. So if your goal is, yeah, yeah, you can control our best. You can say, I'm going to call 20 people tomorrow. So either you call mm -hmm. them or you don't. So, and then everything will take care of. So if you're consistently calling 20 people every single day, the results will eventually take care of themselves. But if you focus on, I need to make three sales every single day, and you're only making one sale a day, you're going to feel really bad about yourself. You're going to feel like a fail. But you're saying, well, I'm achieving this. Focus more on the process than on the outcome. And I think so many, you know, there's a saying, marry the process and divorce the outcome. The outcome will take care of itself. I think too often people focus solely on the outcome. So I'm glad you mentioned the action. You know, you 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 take care, you shoot those free throws, they'll take care of themselves, keep working on it. You have control over your action. You have you have no control over how other people react, but you can control what you can do yourself. You focus on that, I think everything will take care of itself. So that was a very powerful point you made. And I hope people, you know, uh, got that. So it's really great. Um, do you have any last minute pieces of advice to our audience who are like, you know, looking to start a business, want to become entrepreneurs and, you know, maybe struggling, you know, or maybe they have employees that are struggling to motivate the employees. You mentioned some things. Do you have any other last uh, minute pieces of, of advice for people? Yeah, I think uh, entrepreneurs are people who see the world as it could be and can't help but to take action. But as you alluded to earlier, sometimes we get confused and think that we have to reinvent the wheel for every element of what we do. And I've seen this a lot. I've felt it a little bit. And that is like, hey, look, man, tactically, 
or I'm strategically, I want to create the, a better mousetrap. I want to uh, go out and build a better this, or I want to create a show that's like that, or I want to whatever, write this book. But tactically, like the best way to send emails, you don't need to figure out a new way to do that. You can learn from others in your industry and then add it through, run it through the lens of your filter, your core values, your mission, your perspective and point of view. But I think all too often, especially young entrepreneurs, uh, the two mistakes I see them make is number one, they're so driven by innovation that they think they need to change everything. And I just don't think that's the case. There's just no world where a square tire is ever going to be better than a round <laughs> one. Right. Uh, and then number two is if you have a huge goal, go slower at the very beginning. If you want to achieve medium or mod mediocre goals, you can go as fast as you like. You can open up that lemonade stand tomorrow. That's fine. And you're going to do lemonade stand money. But if you want to do Warren Buffett money, go slow in the beginning. Um, and so for young entrepreneurs, if you're under 30, just know you can fail five times before I was ever successful and still be a young success. No, absolutely. And uh, definitely some good points. And number one, you don't have to reinvent every single thing. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. If it's not broken, you don't fix it. You make your tweaks, you know, adjustments along the way. There's a saying, you know, normally attributed to Tony Robbins, success leaves clues. Learn from the people who've done before you. And then you make your own little tweaks along the way, you know, make your innovations later. But don't try to do it all on your own. And you know, again, you're going to have to invent something new every single day. So that, I think that was a very powerful point. Yeah, too many people uh, make those mistakes and, you know, it's, would you, would you, you know, saying, you know, yeah, don't go slow in the beginning. I think that's something also important because it relates to what you were saying before. Focus more on the action, especially in the beginning, the processes. And, you know, I think sometimes when people look at that big number, whether it's a million dollars, $10 million, but um, do you believe in the process of chunking it down, breaking it down into smaller pieces and then take it one piece at a time, like you said, starting slowly. And I think sometimes you look at it as achievables, those smaller SAS and you achieve it, you'll feel much better because you can definitely achieve it. It's kind of like, how do you eat an elephant uh, one bite at a time? I think too many people try yeah. to swallow the elephant. So I um, I think that's a very important point you made for entrepreneurs. I think, especially starting off because uh, you don't know what you're doing. I think it's even more important you get started to find that method because you're going to make a lot of these mistakes you're talking about, trying to uh, trying to get those big wins and 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 try to figure out everything on your own. You know, learn from those people who've been successful. And even in the beginning, you can't get a mentor. You know, maybe you can watch YouTube videos, read books of successful entrepreneurs. Just, just look at the people you respect to that point. Just think about somebody you respect. They probably didn't win the lottery, right? Even if they're a musician or if it's Mr. Beast who seems young and ultra successful, that guy was deliberate or the musician was deliberate. They were in a basement or a garage working on this thing that made it unique. So these things don't happen overnight. The people that you respect didn't just find a pile of money. And if they did, like check yourself because that's not who you respect. You can you can be you can think of them as fortunate, you can be friends with them, you can like them, but respect is earned, right? And those people that have earned our respect that we've evoked in this conversation, we've we've dropped probably 15, 20 names in this conversation, and every single one of them shows up every single day a killer. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They all show up, they all do the work, they're they're disciplined, they're consistent. And that's interesting. The very successful people, they almost never play the lottery. They're too busy on built, working on themselves, yeah. working on their business, trying to make as much money as possible. So really great stuff. Listen, Jason, I want to thank you so much for being on the program today. It was a pleasure having you on. You dropped a lot of wisdom. So again, I would just say thank you for being on the show. And before we let you go, Jason, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? All right. So if you've made it this far, 
and, and you've listened to Victor's podcast this long, you must like it. So first, I want you to go to Victor's site. I want you to go to the website and I want you to follow, subscribe, subscribe, like, and review and share this with somebody else because he's pouring his heart out into this product. This is an amazing podcast that he gives away for free and it's a big part of him. If you still have energy, then you can find me. My Instagram is Jason Skisick or Spear and Clover. Um, my website is www.spearandclover.com. We've got some awesome stuff on there for entrepreneurs. Um, and if you want to reach out to me directly, Instagram DMs is probably the, the easiest way to get a hold of me. But I would love to hear from you. I there is I've never gotten off of a phone call with an entrepreneur with less energy than I got on. So uh, I would love to hear from them. So thank you, Victor, for having me on. This has been an unbelievable conversation. You're welcome. Thanks again, Jason. Have yourself an amazing day. You too, brother. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.